Hello and welcome to FGC Philosophy. My name is Tavian the Philosopher Napier and this is where we level up inside and outside the virtual arena. We do that by talking about topics and having guests in the show that I think are important. I think it's important for us to grow as a community and that's why I focus mainly on the fighting game. This is for anybody, but most of this is for other fighting game players. And the topic today that I wanted to talk about is what makes a good leader and what makes a bad leader and identifying those traits and discussing them without judgment, without bashing somebody. I think it's important to have conversations on areas where we can improve without pointing anybody out and saying that that person is terrible or spending too much time praising somebody. I'm not saying we shouldn't appreciate the ones that are doing great because there's so much we can learn from them, but I don't want us to think that we can't learn and grow from these people. Uh, everything is attainable, whether it be the best player in the world or one of the best TOs in the world, uh, or politically, the, the president, or whatever it may be for you, career-wise. There's there's always gonna be people better than you, but it doesn't mean that they're some sort of freak of nature. It, it means that there's something we can learn from them. So talking about the good and the bad leaders, objectively, or you know, based off my opinion, subjectively, and then also just based off of common traits within good leaders, I think we can learn and grow and have a conversation around this topic rather than focusing so much on trying to tear somebody down uh, or really trying to push our own agenda. More so we learn from each other and really look at what it takes to be a good leader. That's important. I've worked for several corporations, had several jobs, uh, lots of jobs. <laughs> and one of the things that always fascinated me was management or, or leadership. When the, the morale of a business can shift greatly based on the behavior of the leaders of a company. And that always interests me. And as I was going to school for coaching, I only became more aware of this. And after studying several people and other people who specialize in leadership and leadership coaching, I followed those people and, and learned what it was to be a great leader and look at what those traits were and tried to internalize them as much as possible. Always learning, always trying to grow. Uh, but I think I do an okay job in that area. You're willing, I'm willing to be proven wrong. But anyways, that is the topic for today. Before we get into the main topic though, I wanna have a few updates. I think it's a good practice for me to do updates before each podcast, just for the practice of it, for the sake of making sure that the listeners are informed as well as to what's going on in my life. During this quarantine, I've become very reclusive. And during this quarantine, I became very reclusive. I was really just focusing on my family and trying to see what I can do to provide for my family. And that really just shrank my world to where I was on social media to the point to where I had to uninstall it from my phones, all that kind of stuff. So anyways, my point is, here are some updates for you guys. The first update is a reminder that I am doing a limited run of the mugs here, the Kalamazoo FGC online locals. You can get these, they'll be going away, I believe, sometime in July. So if you wanna get one, I probably won't be able to do this again, but it's just something to help me remember this time. Uh, 13 weeks without our locals. We counted, we did tournaments every single week to keep our players strong, doing something motivated. And that's that means a lot to me. So having something that I can like basically immortalize and, and be able to remember that, that helps give me motivation. So that's, that's the reason I made this. And if you guys wanna get that, I'll put a link in the description or the show notes for you to get one as well. And so you can remember the event or just if you wanna support the community. Hmm, some good coffee. Are there any coffee sponsorships out there? I'm just saying, <laughs> anybody wanna give me some free coffee? All right, the next update is the Kalamazoo FGC online. Oh, I just reflexively said online locals instead of 
in-person locals. Man, that's been a long, that's been a long 13 weeks. What I was trying to say is that we're two weeks strong in doing our locals in person. Our venue did open up. LFG is open now for business again. And uh, last week was kind of like a soft opening. We got to have a private event. That's really awesome that our, our uh, the venue owner is is such an amazing person. So thank you, Amy, for, for being that person and, and having that home for our community. Uh, it means so much to us. Uh, but yeah, we did week two. I got second place again in Street Fighter. Uh, I think I did better this time than last time. Uh, it was, no, no, I got second place both times. I got second place both times. Um, losing to 40% Flash Kick. He's a very good Kage player, but he's also branching out into other characters like Cody. Uh, so that's, that's the thing. But yeah, if you guys are in a Kalamazoo area or you're, you are looking for locals, uh, we are doing that. I think we're tr we are doing that every Thursday, starting basically at five o'clock. You can come through there. The price of admission is obviously something on the menu. So make sure you do support the venue. That's some way that we can help to continue that cycle to where the venue is making money. But it's also five bucks per game that you want to compete in. Otherwise, you can just hang out, play some casuals with a bunch of people. We always encourage people to bring their own setups. We should have enough room. The the owner again rearranged during this quarantine and gave us a lot more room in that area now. So that's super amazing. I need to get some pictures for you guys or something, but nonetheless, week three coming up. So if you want to go, go there, I'll have a link to the smash.gg as well. If you want to pre-register, uh, we do money at the door. We don't do the online payment. So kind of a side note, people who don't play fighting games, don't worry about it. <laughs> And the last thing is that I have been looking at my Patreon and trying to tweak that as much as possible. Uh, the big thing for me is that I have been practicing life coaching again. For those who don't know, I took a break essentially from coaching, from life coaching to pursue my career in esports. I had a job as an esports coordinator and oversaw, basically I was an event coordinator. I ran tournaments, uh, learned the software, I did production, I did organizing, I did marketing, sales, basically you name it, I was the person that helped to create these tournaments for the last year and a half before this whole quarantine situation happened. So until then, until the whole entire situation is fixed because a lot of universities are in a lot of debt right now, so a lot of people have been laid off, unfortunately. I took a hit as well. But you gotta keep moving forward, you gotta keep working, you can't stop just because bad things happen. And as such, I started doing coaching again, and that has been very rewarding. I have missed coaching so much, and so I thought about how can I coach more people, but also give them value and continue to make content. So I started thinking about Patreon again, because I think that was the original idea, but I basically fell off as I got busy with, with the esports because my YouTube was pretty much taking off. I hit a thousand and basically every every week it was, the numbers are growing incrementally. And uh, during taking that job, I just couldn't put as much time into it. And so a lot of it just flatlined. You know, I put content out here and there, but the quality wasn't as good. The consistency wasn't there. And now I'm just now getting back to that consistency, or at least I'm trying to. Uh, I'm basically trying to do every Sunday as an upload right now, but it looks like it might be every other Sunday until I can really get cracking on my content. So look for the content on Sunday. That's the day I'm going to be trying my best to update and, and upload most of my content on, on podcasts, YouTubes. YouTube is going to be a day that I'm still trying to figure out in terms of what's the best day to post that because I need more time to do the video version. But with Patreon, I, I want to do more life coaching. I want to help people and specifically just so you understand the main three things that I'm working on right now are emotional management. Emotional management essentially for gamers is you 
have either stream stream jitters or tournament nerves, uh, or you might have like you might tilt very hard, you might like hard tilt, something like that, where you have this mental or emotional process where you get so upset or you just get so caught up in your mind or your emotions that you don't play properly. Or maybe you don't even behave properly in, in normal society. It depends on the individual, but that's one of the things that I've been focusing on. If that sounds like you, then make sure you check out the Patreon packages. They are going to be tweaked and updated. I don't want to do it too dra drastically, but just keep an eye on them and see if something catches your eye. Feel free to reach out to me if you have more questions on that. The next one is achieving goals. Now, these could be very long-term goals that you need to build up to or something a little bit more immediate. Normally I focus on the process of getting better for players, but I've found that there's a lot of FGC and, and gamers in general that want to work on goal achievement, but it doesn't just apply to fighting games. And I, my coaching doesn't really apply specifically to fighting games. So this is actually more my wheelbasket in terms of training in my experience. And so that's something that is very helpful. Now, part of achieving goals is leads into the next topic. And these two sort of work together because a lot of people have a hard time finding out what they want to do, what they like, uh, which is like, you could call it your purpose, your calling, depending on how you look at life. If you're religious, it might be a calling or or a purpose, if you're someone who's a little bit more agnostic like me, it could just be your passion. Uh, something that you you know you wanna do for the rest of your life or you think you wanna do for the rest of your life uh, and really pursuing that. And so achieving your goals, a lot of times if you don't do that, it kind of demoralizes you from going and pursuing your purpose. And then the more time you waste not pursuing your purpose, the more blurry that purpose tends to get. And as you get older, your priorities change and you spend so little time thinking about your, your purpose or your passion that you kind of just forget all about it. And life has been so different now that maybe your passion, your calling has changed drastically since then. For me, I know it has. Uh, I have a son now, he's one and a half, and I have a fiance that I love very much. And we're trying to plan a lot of different things right now together uh, on top of doing quarantine. I'm, I'm motivated to make sure that I can provide for them. Before, it was just, I wanted to learn and grow and experience life. And I still do want to do those things. Those are my personal passions, but now I have passions for other people, uh, for friends, like the FGC, the Kalamazoo FGC. I want to be a better player, not just for myself, but so that I can continue to help other players get better and be a rival and an inspiration for those people. Not in an arrogant way, but that's just kind of how people think. And I want to look at myself objectively and not not see myself as somebody who's like the best player or a big fish, you know, just not someone who's putting myself down and downplaying my abilities because uh, I do consistently get top two, top three at my tournaments. I'm not saying that I can do that at Frosties yet, uh, but I do have the ability to provide some knowledge to players who may not be as experienced or uh, perform as well in tournaments as me. So that long explanation aside, if you have issues with achieving your goals and your purpose, and then also with managing your emotions, because these all work together to where you, you get upset, you get mad, and all of a sudden you lose motivation, you don't know what you want to do, your day just feels very unorganized, and you start to get brain fog, and every day just kind of blurs together. Uh, the more you start to break that up and, and focus on your emotions and your, your thought process and achieving goals on a regular basis and looking at what you truly want and reminding yourself of what you want or who you want to be on a daily basis, uh, until you can get to that point, it can be very hard to maintain, to keep that momentum. And momentum is a big thing. You know, you try to, for me, I try to go on diets or exercise and kind of fall off. Uh, I've lost hundreds, I've lost over 100 pounds in, in terms of losing in my past, I did lose over 100 pounds. I was close to 300 and got all the way down to like 190. 
pushed it back up to about 220 and now uh, I have a quarantine dad bod is what I'm going to call it and I'm in that process again of I've fallen off at some point don't know when it happened but it did and now I have to start getting back into that groove of exercising getting that motivation or exercising despite the fact that I, I'm not motivated to do it doing it anyway even if it is uh, half-assed I'm still doing it I'm still going through the motions not every day has to be fully focused so anyways stay tuned I do have some updates already on Patreon. I'll put a link to that as well. Um, but I am still looking at, as I've been taking on more clients and, and relearning coaching and improving and growing, uh, I've been fine tuning the prices and also how much time and what I provide, making sure that my coaching is the best quality that it can be. All right, so let's get to the main point. All right, so why are we even talking about this? As I said before in the intro, I've just been seeing a, a huge lack in leadership, uh, a display of leadership in, in teamwork in our country. Now, I don't want to make this too political. I don't want to stick on this for too long, uh, but I do want to share my opinion because uh, I think it's important to just be transparent. I have been very disappointed in the political system, the, the political show, if you will call it, that I've seen over the last few years, more particularly during quarantine is just the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. I'm not a huge fan of our president, and I think that he was a huge learning opportunity for me because I, I think there's a lot of traits that he had that inspired his topic. He, he has a lot of traits that make a, a bad leader, in my opinion. So my point in this isn't to bash Trump or to uh, pander to any political party whatsoever, but I think that if we just objectively talk about some topics that I'll try to sprinkle in here and there, uh, it'll help to clarify what makes a bad leader a bad leader and why that is. And the better we do that, the better we can really describe what makes a good leader and identify those traits in other people as well. Uh, not so much to bash anybody, just so that we can look at it in ourselves and on one side, be better leaders. On the other side, identify those who are good leaders and follow those people rather than people who might not be uh, fit to lead or don't have the best intentions for you in the long run. All right. So trait number one is a good leader does not put the blame on somebody else or something else. Uh, I see this a lot in bad leaders. I've, I'm sure a lot of you have had bosses that do this. Something goes wrong. An employee does something wrong. Or even if it is the boss's fault in particular, they won't admit that something is their fault. That is a huge red flag that there is something going on mentally or emotionally where they can't acknowledge the mistakes they've made. That trait in general is unhealthy, but as a leader, that's even more unhealthy because they are willing to put the blame on other people under them to save their own hide, to save face, to uh, just because they believe they can't do any wrong. It could be just pure arrogance or they could be very insecure and just not willing to acknowledge when they do wrong. The reason so much... You can't always pinpoint because intention, you can't, you can't just mind read somebody. But the trait itself is usually not very helpful. It doesn't help solve issues. It doesn't help people feel comfortable because now you're building an environment of distrust. The people that work under you are afraid that they're going to get blamed for things. And they also aren't going to be willing to take blame for things themselves because they see the behavior in our leader and they will replicate that so that they can stay employed. That's just a survival mechanism. You start to parrot the people above you so that you can also be part of that herd. It works in just clicks of people. It works 
in job environments as well, corporations or, or just teams as you can have a, a very arrogant quarterback or, or a leader of a team, a captain who doesn't trust their team and can't take responsibility for things because ultimately if you're the leader, everything is your fault. If you are a good leader, a good leader takes responsibility, even when it's somebody else's fault, because they are the leader. They are the person responsible for everybody else under them. Their job is to make sure everyone else is doing well enough to be able to do their job properly. You can argue the semantics because I'm not talking about a manager. I'm talking about a leader. And those are two very different things. A leader doesn't have to be a manager and a manager isn't always a leader. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. So when you're putting the blame on something or somebody else on a very consistent basis, you're not learning. And a really good example for people who play fighting games is people who blame player tactics or they blame a game or they blame lag when it's not really lag's fault. Uh, those are people who aren't going to get better at the game. They also probably aren't going to be good teachers or leaders either. Uh, same with an environment. A person who might be running a fighting game community, if something goes wrong and they're not taking responsibility for it, that's not going to breed a very good or very healthy environment. So this next trait sounds very similar to the first one, but there are slight differences or more so it's just a more in-depth version of the first one. And that's a lot of poor leaders don't take responsibility for their failures. And this can mean they don't rectify their situation. That could be apologizing to somebody that they inconvenience or they hurt. That could be fixing the issue that was the failure in the first place. Uh, that means not learning from the issue and it happening again and again and again and deferring blame to something else rather than fixing that problem. A leader who doesn't take responsibility for their own actions is very similar to the first one, not going to breed a good environment because, again, this will trickle down. And other people aren't going to take responsibility for their actions. And you have a bunch of people running around. Uh, you might have some good ones, but those are the ones that are going to get fired because they're willing to take the blame for things that they actually did. And I've seen that happen several times. I've been that person in the past where I was so honest that I was so focused on responsibility that I took the blame for things that weren't necessarily my fault. And I felt very stupid afterwards because I didn't expect, because I expected other leaders to have that same idea and found out later on that I got blamed for things that wasn't even my fault. I thought maybe I'd forgotten that I did do something, but it wasn't my fault. I did do my job properly and I was still let go because I was trying to take responsibility for something, but it wasn't even my fault. Now, a lot of you are probably going to call me stupid, but I was young. I was looking to improve myself and grow and I was trying to impress people. And so I, I still believe in being responsible for, for yourself, but it also means be more aware that other people aren't like that. Uh, if you're going to be someone who is responsible for their own actions, there's more things you might have to do, more hoops you might have to jump through because other people are going to be a little bit more conniving. And that's unfortunate, but tactically speaking, that's like fighting games. You, you know someone's going to do a cheap tactic, you learn how to beat it. You learn how to get around it. You learn how, to, how not to deal with that situation. You don't ignore it and then get mad about it when someone does it because that's dumb. You know about it. Why, why not prepare for that situation? So a bit of an aside, but I, I think it's really important to, one, be aware that these traits are very prevalent. These negative traits, I would call them, are very prevalent in multiple different environments. And if you're going to be someone or are someone who have the traits of a good leader, that you're aware that there may be others who might try to tear you down. Unfortunate, but true. Trait number three is they're not afraid to fail. They're not afraid to make mistakes. Because here's the thing. A good leader, I believe, naturally knows or eventually learns that 
failure is not bad. Failure is good. Failure is a learning opportunity. I think too many people put a lot of stock into failure and, and look at it as a very long-term permanent label. You get an F. You have an F for that whole year or for that test that you can't retake. You have this permanent grade that sits there, this testament of who you are as a person. You have an F or you have a D. You're, you're average, you're below average, you're above average. And you believe these labels rather than understanding that each individual situation, event, uh, moment in time is a new moment, a new opportunity, a new failure, a new situation that you can learn and grow from. But people are so focused on these labels of failure, of successful, that a poor leader tends to not focus on a poor leader tends to not be able to acknowledge their failures. Uh, they're very insecure or they're very uh, in denial or jaded that they can't make a mistake in some form or fashion. They can't have an opportunity where, where they can learn and grow and they don't acknowledge it ever. And if you're around that kind of person, it's not helpful and you want to be prepared because they may put the blame on you because they not probably also... <laughs> Because if they're not afraid, because if a poor leader is not willing to, if a poor leader is not willing to acknowledge their failure, they're probably going to redirect that failure onto something or somebody else. And that could be you. So I don't know why this became kind of a cautionary video, but I just think it's important to be aware of these things. As I got older and grew and, and got more and more jobs, worked in more and more different locations with new managers, I, I realized that it's almost like a game that you play. And I grew up playing a lot of Harvest Moon and you have to talk and interact with people differently in order to win them over. Usually it's just giving them a certain kind of gift, but just being aware of what they do and don't like. Uh, and new games like Stardew Valley, I think had more depth to that. But I really thought about that. I really considered the fact that maybe if I'm aware of certain traits of people and I play this game properly, I can get ahead. Because you're not gonna always come across people who have your best intentions in mind but you can't sit there and complain because you, you can't move forward. I've seen a lot of people get stuck because they're not willing to play the game. They're not willing to uh, be aware of the traits of other people that might hinder them so that they can work around that. And hopefully that makes sense. I think a lot of people have a lot of pride in terms of being authentic and confuse authenticity with uh, other things. I don't know. If you, if you don't get what I'm saying, comment down below. But in my opinion, I think you can still be very authentic while also learning to play the social game. But in my opinion, I think you can be authentic while also playing the game of politics, I call it, like work politics or growing as a team. Because if you don't have someone on your team that has your best interests in mind, you got to find a way to work around that. Now, if you have someone who is willing to acknowledge their failures, that's great because you can be around them. You can ask them questions uh, because if they're willing to acknowledge their failures, they're probably more open to feedback and constructive criticism. Poor leaders aren't open to constructive criticism. That's number four on this list. If someone is not open, someone open to constructive criticism thinks about what they're doing in terms of growth. I've talked about the term Kaizen before. If you're not too familiar with it, you can go ahead and look at the link below just to get caught up. But the short version is people who focus on growth every day rather than wallowing in self-pity or focusing on the, the failure or trying too hard to focus on deferring the failure or something else. Because a lot of people put a lot of energy into blaming other things and people rather than actually focusing on what can help them grow. So anyways, 
people who aren't open to criticism tend to also be very emotionally affected by criticism. They tend to filter it as well. They take it out of context and they feel attacked, even though you're just trying to, in your own way, help them by sharing some ideas in terms of how they can get better or identifying things that need to be improved, identifying areas that need to be improved. Being open to constructive criticism is crucial for anybody who wants to grow as an environment, as a culture, as a society, as a team, as a business. It doesn't matter what area. If the group of people as an FTC can't take constructive criticism, you don't grow. And I've seen people who play fighting games and people give them constructive criticism, but they're too salty to receive it. Now, I understand after a tournament, maybe you go 0-2 or whatever happens. You're a little bit salty. You need to cool down. That is understandable. After a tournament, it's fine to just kind of decompress a little bit before you just hop back into a conversation. Even if you win a tournament, it might be very hard to have an actual conversation because you're so hopped up on emotions. So bad emotions or, or good emotions, you might need some time. So for people who do like to talk immediately after a tournament match, like you, you just want to match and you're like, hey, by the way, here are the bad things that you did maybe hold off a little bit and let them cool down or just ask them like, Hey, you get to talk and I give you some feedback. Like get their permission first before you just start throwing out information at them. I'm guilty of this myself. I've done this several times, but I try to keep it very short. And then if they want to talk about it later, I try to bring it back up or they might bring it back up. But I've seen a lot of people just like throw information at someone who's trying to process their loss and think about their life. And they're having this existential crisis on, on this loss they just had. It's like, that's not the right time to do it. So it's kind of an aside, but something I, I wanted to mention. Anywho, constructive criticism helps everybody around you grow. Because if someone's sharing constructive criticism and maybe they're not fully knowledgeable, they may learn something too in the process because maybe they misunderstood the situation. I've seen tons of times, uh, whether I'm commentating or I'm listening to somebody else commentate or someone's just watching the match and kind of just talking about it in the background, they're wrong about someone's intention of what they were trying to do. It could have just been an input error and they were actually trying to do this one thing, but somehow they jumped backwards and did a freaking, I don't know, some kind of weird move. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> that's not what they meant to do. Or maybe they did do something weird and you thought it was an input error. Like this stuff happens all the time. And so you try to give them constructive criticism and then they're like, no, no, actually what I was trying to do was this, this, and this. And they're a very good player. And you're like, whoa, that's some next level stuff. Or the opposite happens where you're a more experienced player and you're trying to understand like what were they trying to do? And you, you ask questions to understand their intention, and then you can give the constructive criticism once you have that clear information. Uh, I think also, if you are trying to give constructive, if you are trying to give constructive information, constructive criticism, be open to getting more information before you just share your information. A lot of times, you may not know what they're thinking. You may not be aware of what they do or don't know, and so you can give better constructive criticism if you ask them first. Like, hey, why didn't you challenge him right here? It's like, because I don't want to get crush countered or something like that. Why would you get crush countered there? Because I always get crush countered there. What button are you pressing on block? Oh, I'm pressing heavy punch. It's like, no, man, it's like negative six on block. You can't press heavy punch. That's eight frames startup. You have to press these buttons right here in order to hit him. It's your turn, but you're pressing the wrong button, my guy. This is what you need to press. You couldn't just say that. You, you could say, hey, challenge this person. Okay. And they're left to like try to process that. And they may not even know how to ask the right questions to get to the point to understanding what you're talking about. So in terms of constructive criticism, uh, this is an aside, but if you are trying to be a good leader, you want to know how to give good constructive criticism, not just willing to give and take constructive criticism. So 
bit of a side note, but it's just something that I, I notice a lot in fighting game communities, but also uh, I notice this more in my jobs. It's very hard to give constructive criticism to coworkers, and it's very, very hard to give constructive criticism to a lot of different managers or people in leadership positions. And that is pretty sad. So if you are working with someone and you are either afraid to give constructive criticism or you know that they don't take constructive criticism, there's there's an issue there because you should be comfortable as someone working under a leader or as a leader, you should be comfortable with giving and receiving constructive criticism to people on different levels. Not with the intention of berating them or, or making them feel bad or trying to be a jerk, but just so that you can all grow and be better. So another red flag to be aware of. And then the last thing is a good leader lifts people up without an ulterior motive. This is kind of one of the best examples that I've seen. Uh, a lot of times I've seen leaders on social media kind of lifting other people up and, and kind of saying, hey, this person's running for this. You should vote for them. They're a great person. They're the greatest person ever. That person does or says something that doesn't align exactly with that leader's point of view. And then all of a sudden they're bashing that person and trying to make that person look bad. I would say that person had an ulterior motive for lifting that person up in the first place. They weren't just lifting that person up out of the kindness of their hearts. They were lifting that person up because they wanted something out of it. But they, that's more of an opinion than an actual fact because we're talking about intentions again. But if you look at the trait and you look at the behavior and they contradict themselves, usually it's not a very noble or positive intention behind that if they're willing to just flip-flop on somebody that quickly. So a good leader tends to just help others. They want to share their thoughts that might lift other people up. They may say something motivational just because that's how they think. They may just sit down and talk to people and listen and ask questions or give them advice. They may be a mentor. Those are the leaders that you want to be around. The ones that are willing to help others selflessly just because they want to do it out of the kindness of their heart or just because it's just their, their purpose, their passion, the thing they care about. They want to help others and give a platform for others to grow. You know, one of the first people that comes to mind for me is the Hado, Richard Thayer, the person who runs Combo Breaker and helps with so many other tournaments as well. This person has been a, a leader for a very long time. He is willing to talk to people while running Combo Breaker and give them advice on running tournaments. He did that for me. Uh, thank you, by the way, Cora, for introducing me and, and letting me talk to him. He's come on my podcast and shared advice in terms of running a tournament and his experience and his story. He makes tweets that don't usually tear people down, but just lift others up while not really attacking anybody else. That's a great trait in a leader. Uh, we need more people like that. And there are more people like that in the FGC, but we need to give them spotlights. Uh, we need to find those leaders and really shout them out. So that's what I want to know from you guys is... Who are the leaders that have those traits or other traits that you can point out as well in the FGC? Who are the people that you know? If you aren't a member of the FGC or you don't play fighting games, let me know who are the leaders that you're inspired by. So those are the, the five traits that I wanted to talk about. It's really important to identify these things. So make sure when you're trying to learn or become a leader that you consider these areas. A good leader doesn't put the blame on others or other things. They take that and they take responsibility. They take responsibility for their failures, their actions, things they may do. And they're ultimately not afraid to fail. 
And because they're not afraid to fail, they're probably going to be more open to constructive criticism and giving constructive criticism without the intention of hurting someone else's feelings, which means it's going to be more helpful and more constructive. And usually a leader that's willing to give constructive criticism is someone who wants to help others grow. And that is a great trait as well in a leader, someone who is willing to bring others up around him or even just be a better person himself or herself to be a better leader. And a leader that's willing to give constructive criticism more than often is willing to help lift others up if they don't have an ulterior motive. When they don't have an ulterior motive and they're willing to help others, that's a great sign of a leader. And I wanted to give you guys something to, to look up and, and either study. And this, this topic was inspired by the current events that are going on right now. But I also have been reading several books and revisiting some books and speakers that have been helping me. So I'm going to put some links. There's a couple of YouTube videos and a few books that I want to recommend. The main one is, is Simon Sinek. That's basically all the YouTube videos I'm going to post here. He has a couple of YouTube videos, uh, one where he talks about leadership. And then the other one is kind of a short clip just talking about leadership as well. And then the, the book is Leaders Eat Last. That's its second book, I believe. The first one was Start With Why, which I've talked about that book as well in the past. He's a, he's a great speaker, great writer, uh, really shares some interesting stories from the military and, and corporations and businesses in terms of what makes a great leader. And that book I read a couple of years ago, probably two or three years ago, and I've been revisiting it and, and just thinking about leadership uh, as I fall into that role in terms of the FGC and in our online and offline tournaments. So I'll have links to those. The full disclosure, the books are going to be affiliate links and those will help me out. I get a small commission from those books. Uh, they're ones that I've read myself. And, and when I say read, I actually mean listen to because I tend to listen to a lot of audiobooks. I have listened and own probably 30 to 40 different audiobooks and I have lots more that I want to get. I've been using Audible for probably like 10 years now. I'm holding my 32, 22? That sounds about right. Yeah, about 20, 23, 24. So probably eight years I've been using Audible now. I have never canceled my subscription. It's probably the longest running subscription I've ever had uh, because I just, I love audiobooks so much. I listen to it when I'm working out or when I'm going for a bike ride, when I am just commuting somewhere or even just around the house when I'm doing dishes, I'll, I'll listen to it or even doing yard work nowadays. That's my new jam right now, doing some yard work with a good audiobook. Usually it's a fictional audiobook or some retrowave, but if not, then it's going to probably be a self-help book because there's there's so many good ones. And this, I wouldn't consider this a self-help book. This is more of just identifying the traits of a good leader, but it's still very, very fascinating to me. And I, I hope you guys get some value from it as well. Feel free to drop some links to other books. Uh, I'm always trying to learn and grow. I've had several listeners message me books that they think I would like and would like me to talk about, and I've been trying to do that. So here is that. So that said, thank you guys so much for being a part of this podcast and listening to me talk about this topic. I really want to hear your thoughts on this in terms of leadership. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Why and why not? And lastly, what traits do you believe leaders have? Let me know in the comments. That said, thank you guys so much. My name is Tavian the Philosopher Napier, and I will see you all in the next one.